This is the Point After Podcast. Do you like that name, Pete Ferguson? I'll take it for you're, now. You're, we're working on it. I we're working on it. I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, we're now. gonna we're gonna make a logo and and all that stuff. So, my name is Tony Chapman. I don't know if I'm gonna be call myself the host. We're gonna be co-host because I feel like maybe someday we'll get a guest on this thing, and then we can both. Definitely, interview. I think there's a lot of people out there we can go ahead and bring in. Yeah, both both interview uh, those people. So. We are here to discuss youth, sports, high school sports, parenting, how we can be better at all of these things, I think, is what the, the goal of this podcast is. So to, tonight or today or whenever you're listening to this for our first show, we really want to do introduce ourselves to you, the listener, and kind of tell you uh, where we come from. So Pete, I'm going to have you tell the story of how we met, and then maybe <laughs> I'll tell the story of how we met, and we can see if there's any uh, any similarities if we agree on on any of it. Okay, so it was it's 2019, so yeah. I got to go back. It was or this is how old we are. It was 26 years ago. Crying out loud, and I still yeah. didn't have hair. You still didn't. That is <laughs> that is that is correct. And it was about the weird. You know, it was about the. The most two opposite people you could possibly uh, run into. Here I am as a senior in high school, went to Hampton High School. Yeah. Uh, With the Hampton Hawks, right? The Hampton Hawks, just yes. partway between York and Aurora, if you don't know where Hampton is, population 432, uh, where we do football, basketball, FFA, music, band, one-act play, speech, um, all those good things, right. and I go to on my visit to Hastings College, and I'm sitting in uh, the admissions office, and I'm getting ready for my tour of Hastings College, and my tour guide was Pete Ferguson. I was going to say. How did that possibly happen that we have are still friends after all, that, after all this time? Well, I think I was open that hour because I used to schedule my classes around Days of Our Lives. <laughs> And, you and, and, me the, both. and the young and the restless. And yeah, so, there you go. You know, that was always an open window when they needed somebody to do a tour. So, yeah, there you go. There you go. And so, uh, you gave me the tour. I came back a few weeks later. You probably don't know this part of the story. I came back a few weeks later. You were the homecoming king because you were the big dog <laughs> on campus. And wear, you saw me, suit. yeah. And you saw me at the game, and you remembered who I was, and yeah. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And I said, "I'm going to Hastings College." And then the next year, you moved me in. Yeah. We lived in the same dorm for a year, and uh, it was your RA? Yeah. And then we RA, had Weir Hall. Weir Hall. And then we had. Uh, then we just had a lot of fun. Me being a basketball guy, and yeah. you playing basketball. Uh, that was some. That was some. That was some. That was some good stuff. See, that was the story. That wasn't the story that I thought you were going to tell. Oh, I thought it was going to be the one on the court. Yeah, do uh, it. Tell it. And, and I, Tony became the the manager for the basketball team and did an outstanding job. But he was the manager for Mike Trader, <laughs> and I will tell you, those managers worked <laughs> and worked. I think. I think sometimes they worked harder than the opposing teams that we played against, and. We were doing – I can't even remember what the drill was. but It was a dummy drill. It was a dummy drill, and you were supposed to hit us as much as possible, as hard as possible, fouling us to make us sure we could get and ones. And I remember it was just one of those days we just <laughs> – we were having it, but we had enough. Yep. And all I remember is catching the ball, 
And I think I turned around and we called it the helicopter <laughs> and you got caught in the blades and caught you in the head and just knocked out. Yeah. Only concussion and, I've ever had in my life from well, you. Well, allegedly, allegedly. Alleg- we didn't yeah. call them concussions at the time. Yeah. We just, just called them timeouts. Yeah. <laughs> Smelling salts and I was good to go. I missed with the dummy. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have the dummy in a very good. Yeah, very you had good it, You were going low. You were going low <laughs> on the body, and we needed you to go high. Yeah. So, yep. so, but always it's been a pleasure and followed you, and it's been a joy. I remember seeing your kids this summer and playing basketball, and just kind of we're in different stages of stages of life. We're adults, adulting, adulting, <laughs> yeah, adulting, adulting is right. It's right. That is good. And I, I would say it's been fun to. Uh, you know, you had your daughter Jaden had. I will. You won't say it, but I will say it. She's one of the most fun high school athletes I ever watched. Playing volleyball, doing track, playing basketball. Uh, we had some great moments yeah. together at state tournaments, oh, yeah. running into each other and watching her play. And uh, you had to send her down to college this week, huh? Yeah, we did. We moved <laughs> her in officially Tuesday, and she's at Northwest Missouri State and going to be a Bearcat and mm-hmm. looking forward to just the next stage, the academic part and and the athletic part. So really, really good opportunity. I think we feel blessed that she did have a phenomenal high school experience. Um, a number of people invested in that to make it what it was. And and then off to the next chapter. So that's kind of what you hope for, for them to do better than what you did. Pete, before I go, tell everybody who's listening what you do now and kind of what your role is. I know you work for Lincoln Public Schools, but kind of tell them what your role is and then maybe your role in youth sports in general that you do throughout the school year and and during the summer. Well, uh, my – my official role at Lincoln Public Schools is Youth Development Coordinator. I get to work with some phenomenal uh, student advocates that work with various groups of scholars and just looking at them from a strength-based perspective to serve as maybe a liaison between them and, the, their, and their families between the, the school district or tie them into community resources and just hopefully connect everybody so they can fulfill their fullest potential, whatever that might be. And so that's not only academically, that's behaviorally, that's involvement-wise. And just making sure that everybody sees the value of who they are as young people. And I think that follows along with my personal and professional passion. But my personal passion is just engaging, like taking, getting and providing opportunities for scholars on some of those things that I didn't necessarily want to take advantage of when I was younger. And just providing, I don't even want to say events, but providing experiences. And so oftentimes I talk about just it's got to be bigger than the final score. And so I oversee basketball, basketball opportunities. And so we call it BHS Productions, Nebraska Supreme. And, and those, my focus with that is just to provide some of those engagements and opportunities. I go out and get the opportunity to go to some districts and places and talk about relationships and what are those relationships that you need to, fu- to, to form for people to be positively advocated for accessed um they can be they can raise what you relationships can raise awareness and then you can also how those relationships people have those relationships in their life i call them those four a's somebody that advocates for you who in your life has um, allowed you access to different things who's made you aware of different things and who's assessed you in your life and those are your relationship a's 
and we want to make sure that every person has those. And I think athletics is one of those opportunities that people can find some of those pe- find some of those individuals in their life. Good stuff. So I'm not clearly as smart as you with all that stuff. So <laughs> you graduated you, in four years. It took yeah. me five. <laughs> you know, I've been mostly in the financial industry since I left college. Right. I've I've worked in Omaha, and for the last 15 years, we've we've lived in in Grand Island, and I've. Right. Work for a couple of different banks and had a sales position. I work for Pinnacle Bank now and, and enjoy that side of it. But the passion is still right. uh, with giving kids opportunities. So, you know, the president of Little League in Grand right. Island, which people always, always laugh at me. Uh, way more boys involved than girls. Right. I only have one of my girls involved in it, but I just like seeing kids succeed and right. having fun and learning through sports. And then I coach some summer basketball and some winter basketball for our school program that we have uh, in, in Grand Island. And I'm just always looking for ways that we can include kids, make kids better, make them better people, help them learn from sports. Because I always feel like, and I'm sure you probably have these uh, situations as well, is that sometimes we learn more from being on a team right. than we do in science class right. or algebra or whatever. And all those things are important, right? Right. right? But we can learn life lessons and there are things, and I'm always pushing my kids to be involved in things that I'm not involved in. I'm sure you appreciate that as Jaden got older is there are some things coaches or, you know, I have my oldest daughter who's in show choir and those type of right. things. There are some things that you as a parent just can't teach. Right. And we have to let other people take an interest in our kids and help them uh, and help them grow. So hopefully we get those things uh, put across as we develop this this podcast and, and take it where it wants to go. I want to ask you a quick question. Yeah. So you've been a parent now, but I want to take you back to when you were mm-hmm. a kid. What are some of your early memories of uh, early memories of sport, what you learned, and then maybe two how your parents uh, nourished you through sports and school? Well, it, 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 that's a great question. My, my mom was a 40-year educator, and so she was born in Los Angeles, California, in Compton. Um, and so when you think about it's a woman that was born in 1934 when Title IX was not in existence, she was probably the best athlete in the family but didn't get those opportunities to play because of they didn't have – equity in sports and the opportunity for young women, much less young black women to play. And so she was at, she was, I would say she was an athletic athlete who didn't have an opportunity. And then my dad, my dad was from Nacogdoches, Texas, right? Tyler, Texas, Earl Campbell, Mm. Rose. and, And he was a 25 year military, worked in law enforcement uh, commissioner of law enforcement in St. Louis, associate warden at the state pen in Nebraska, opened up the youth facility in Omaha. And so I had, I was fortunate. I had a great mom and a great dad who had expectations and it wasn't expectations that I would succeed athletically in seventh grade. I was tall. I was, we moved around a little bit and I have been about this tall since seventh grade, but I was a string bean. And so I was the B team, C team player. I remember when we moved here, people were like, you should play football, you should play football. I really enjoyed baseball in Arizona, but when we moved here, you should play football. But I remember basketball, I was on the B team in middle school. You know, I was on, didn't make varsity my freshman year, didn't play until, I believe, my junior year. You know, I was that kid. And so 
when you asked me kind of like my parents expectations it was their expectation was you give effort you work your rear end off you not be coachable you be able to be coached okay and that you develop a passion for the sport you know, those those were the those were the expectations and when i didn't do that i i heard about it and my coaches knew about it uh, coach trader at college knew those were the expectations my parents had for me said we won't ever have a problem i knew when i did not do those expectations in high school for a football game my dad was he needs to come out of the game no he'll he'll he's okay coach was like he's fine he's fine no you either pull him out of the game or i will come on the field and pull him out of the game so those were expectations that I had growing up, well, even when I was in fourth, fifth. It wasn't that I was going to be the best. It wasn't gonna, that I was going to get a college scholarship, that I should be on this team, I should be on that team. It was you give the effort, you, you're passionate about what you do, and you be coached. People say coachable. No, you be able to be coached. Let's look somebody in the eye. When they tell you to do something, you do it. Even if you don't agree with it, you end up, you end up doing that. How – so you went from JV. Now you're playing Class A. I played I, Class I did. I went D. To Lincoln East. Yeah. So we had two kind yeah, of different yeah. experiences there. How did? How did? So you say your, your junior year. Yeah. Do you know? Do you do you ever remember having? You know, maybe there's a kid or a parent sitting out there, and their kid is is you mm-hmm. from 1990. Yeah. Right. And they don't see that they don't see that next step possibly happening how do you convince them to keep at it you know it's it's one of those things where we talk about roles and you know how do you like what's your role you know what so my role for basketball was i wasn't a scorer it was rebound it was rebounding and so i made that something that I was going to make a specialty and I was going to make a craft and I was just going to hone in and make that all mine. But, but oftentimes we have people that don't like we lose that. We talked about it earlier, that system kid, you know, we don't have programs for system kids. We have programs for kids that are, you know, going to start right away or they have expectations and getting college scholarships. And then we have those programs for kids who, you know, may not, be able to afford or developmentally, you know, in a wreck, and then we kind of snuff and put our nose down at them. And so, you know, how do you as a parent sit there and say, you know, what happens if you're in the middle? You know, what happens if you're in the middle? And I just say, you know, that system, and that traditionally was what it used to be. You maybe made freshman. If you, if the kid made varsity ninth grade, man, that was an aberration. Like that was, you were LeBron, you were the LeBron James of your time. Yeah. But now it's almost like, you're expected, and I was blessed. My daughter played varsity. Like she got twelve. Uh, sorry, I think twelve varsity letters. Pretty rare. Yeah, which is, yeah. I mean, twelve varsity letters. And again, it, I don't say it to brag. Like we had been blessed, but that was not something we ever expected. We had the conversation when she got her varsity basketball jersey. I remember she came and she was so excited. Like this is the neatest thing, and she had nicer like jersey, nicer Nike jerseys or Adidas or whatever else, but there was not an expectation that she was going to receive that when she walked in to tryouts in high school. Mm-hmm. There wasn't an expectation she was going to receive a varsity volleyball jersey when she walked into high school, that she was going to be on the varsity track team. And I think you want to have that excitement. You want to have that 
that's something I can achieve. But I think sometimes we end up as parents instilling something like that's an expectation. You're entitled to this and you're not. And I think that's been maybe a little bit of the shift of there's not the expectation, but there's the like I'm entitled. I'm entitled. And so that's something my parents said. The expectation is someday you'll get there, but you're not entitled to it. Right. And my experience, you talked about system players. I won't ever consider myself a great athlete. You know what I mean? Like, well, you're a stellar athlete. That's yeah. great. No, well, legendary Hall of Fame, Hampton. No, not even. We'll not even. The, I don't even think there is a Hall of Fame. We'll start the campaign right there now. There you go. Tony Chapman for the Hall of Fame. There you Hampton. go. You know, I was. Uh, I started in football for a couple of years. Play eight man right. football, right? So it's not like we were. Uh, we were this. Uh, we had all these college players on our high school football team blessed to be on a basketball team that went to the state finals, played in the state tournament, won, played for a coach who greatly impacted so many lives uh, over, over a 40 year career Um, played, grew up wanting to play for my dad, played football and played for him, him for one year. Um, But sports were kind of just always our thing. And you just, you just did it. You know what I mean? Right. And so I was – we talked about roles, and I remember, you know, being on the basketball team, and I was never better than the seventh or eighth player, even as my – even as I was a senior. And there were younger players in front of me who just were more natura- naturally talented. But I always thought that my job when I was in high school was, well, I should just probably make those guys better so that when we're playing games – that practice was harder for them than right. than our games were, and I think that we sometimes, I guess, in thinking and talking to you, is that we don't have a lot of kids right now in our culture, or maybe parents who want their kids to be that person on a team. And it's not that we don't want our kids to get better; right. it's just that we've got to help them understand where they where they're at and how do we foster that and and not let them quit, but how do we foster that to help them improve? Or if they do improve, but their pecking order is the same, right. help them realize how much better they made others. Mm-hmm. How do we, how do we get that across to people who, who are involved on teams? What do you think? You know, I think there's, there's challenges. And I, again, I'll be the first to say, have I had sleepless nights? Have I been <laughs> the model parent at all times? No, right. not, not even not even close. But what I what I do say is, we, you know, I have tried to stay consistent with her. And I talked about a little bit of, you know, the expectation, but also the entitlement. I think one of the ways we do that, and I do this with our youth groups, our, our youth teams, is when we start the season, we ask them, you know, when you get home, when you get an opportunity, let the child go in the room, let the scholar go in the room, and let them write out their goals. And as a parent you go somewhere else and you write out their goals and then bring them back to the next practice or at some point in time you guys share with each other and see if they overlap. And it's amazing how many times that they don't, especially younger ones. Like, what's your goal? Well, I just, you know, I want to make two baskets this year. You know, or I want to learn to make sure I dribble better with my left hand. And then you get a parent's like, oh, okay, well, mom, what's your goal for me? Or dad, what's your goal? Well, I just want you to be able to read the offenses and read the defense better. Oh, okay. What's that mean? <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, to answer your question, like how can you 
I don't even say manage those expectations, but how can you make sure that you're on par and you're able to complement the the time and the investment of what they're going to do moving forward? If their expectation isn't to, you know, they know maybe these, a college scholarship might be available, but that's not their expectation or that's not what they're working towards, you know, maybe that's, you just need to be, you need to be on the same page. Yeah. Let's start at the beginning and take yeah. you back like nine, ten years and you're parenting Jaden. Right. What do you feel like the the best thing is for kids to get started in the sport and make it fun for them? How do we uh how do we help them when they're in first grade, second grade? What should we be doing to right. foster that development? You know, a lot of people say fun. And that's something that I don't you know I don't use that term I know it's it's surface a lot I use the word passion and so for me is what you want people to do in life is you want them to develop passion for things and so finding those right opportunities and I think there were times I was detrimental to it I was detrimental to the passion for my daughter in certain certain things because you know I one I didn't make it fun but two I didn't provide components in it for her to be passionate about it and the reason I say passion is because not everything you do in life is going to be fun. If you get hurt or you blow out your knee, God forbid, or whatever else, basketball rehab is not fun. But if you're passionate about volleyball, or you're passionate about football, or you're passionate about whatever you're doing, badminton, lacrosse, or whatever else, you'll work through the rehab so you can experience fun moments. And I clearly remember uh, a time that, you know, we there were some girls that quit. You know, it wasn't fun for us. It wasn't fun. You know, this game wasn't fun. Well, what ended up happening is, you know, individuals who ended up quitting missed out on some really, really fun moments. They missed out on cutting down the nets at a district championship. They missed cutting down the nets at a fun moment at a state basketball championship. They stopped maybe playing volleyball, so they missed the opportunity to get their name called out at state, which was a fun moment. But was all the time maybe somebody sitting on the bench, was that fun? No. Was it always fun going to practice knowing that you probably you weren't going to get in? No. So I always say it's developing that passion and making them realize it's that bigger than the final score. And that doesn't mean you can't compete. But it's more important about instilling the passion so you can get to those fun moments. Maybe high school is going to be have more fun moments than fifth grade. Right. <laughs> it should. Yeah. College could have some really, really cool, fun moments, but if you're not passionate about things, you're never going to get over the road bumps to get to, to get to college, if you're fortunate enough to be able to have that opportunity. And that goes for the same in life. That goes the same in jobs. Like identifying what are those transferable skills that you can make that make you passionate about something. And so, you know, to answer your question, I think that's, those are the things when we did stuff early on is when we went on road trips, we were fortunate enough she could play some select sports. We didn't just go and eat at Panera again. We went and walked on a college campus. Right. And said, hey, you know, if you're passionate about this, this may be a fun opportunity. Wow, I really like it. Before it was just like she just liked the shirts and we got a free shirt or whatever else. But then before she was like, man, they talked about this or we talked to this person and this would be fun because I'd like to be there. Well, yeah, that you're passionate enough about something. You can experience this fun moment here. They have a graduation that's pretty cool, too, and it's a lot bigger than your high school one. Or you get to live on your own, or you get to live in this dorm, where they give you multiple T-shirts, 
where you get to play in this arena on a regular basis and people pay and come watch where you get to actually study the classes that you want and that you actually like and don't have to take stuff that you don't really care about so if you stay passionate about something and you develop a passion you know it'll open doors to opportunities you don't even know exist yet early on how do you how do you walk the line between and again i go back to third fourth yeah. fifth grade how do you walk the line between letting them experience things and seeing if they have a passion or letting them do one thing that they're passionate about or can right. they be passionate can they be passionate and know it's all they want to do when they're that young right. or do you have to let them experience multiple things you know i think it's different in every household um i'm a i was a big proponent of the high school experience and so our thing was is give you enough opportunities so that when you got there you were able to navigate with a variety of different people and you knew different people you knew different mentalities attitudes whatever it might be but our rule from an athletic standpoint and pretty much anything was you were going to do everything until it looked like a real sport so i'll just go to athletics so that was sixth grade you were going to do everything until it looked like it was supposed to she didn't want to play volleyball after fourth grade why? Because there are 15 kids on the team. You rotate in. It's not, it doesn't really look like the sport. Didn't want to play softball, you know, after a while. Well, because nobody was pitching the ball over the plate. So you only got one or two maybe pitches that were hittable. Well, then all of a sudden, sixth grade, people started getting some skill sets. It starts looking, you know, it starts consistently looking like it. And then you kind of say, you know what, okay, where are we going to put our time and effort with what makes sense? She wanted to tap dance. She's got size 11 feet. Probably, <laughs> probably wasn't going to happen. So then you kind of, we made some executive decisions on that. But our thing is, is like, give it an opportunity to, for them to actually truly have the experience. And then also be okay letting them fail. Yeah. That's, sometimes that's the hardest thing for us as parents. Because our job is we're their parents and we don't want them to. But be okay letting them fail. And, again, I had some sleepless nights. Yep. Sometimes I had to close the bedroom door and not kind of intervene. And there were times I, you know, you want to send an email or you want to have a conversation with somebody that you see something that may not be equitable or say something to another parent. But you have to let them navigate it and be okay. And I say sometimes good things happen to bad people. Yeah. For you, I'm just curious about your fourth grade volleyball story, okay? Because I see, and you see it at your Supreme Basketball, and I know you maybe have a fifth and a sixth. I don't yeah. know if you go lower than, than fourth, sixth fourth, or fourth. Fourth okay. eighth, yeah. So how do you balance the to, – to me, I hear your story, and I hear you say there's 15 girls on the volleyball team and she wasn't learning anything. And I think – Well, I didn't say that. My wife was a coach. So. Yeah, okay. My <laughs> so bad. So there's 15, there's 15 girls on the team. She wasn't having maybe as much fun as you thought she could right, have. Right. But maybe she's playing with her classmates. She's yeah. playing – she has a lot of friends who are on the team. What – where do you balance that fine line between, man, we should just pull Jaden and take her to select volleyball A in fourth grade and not let her experience this? Where is that? Where is that line? And I'm sure it's 
personal, but yeah. it seems like that line is going more and more to we're just going to move our kid over here right. so they don't have to play with the kids who aren't developed or maybe can't afford to play, and we're going to skip the Y League or the Little League or the rec ball or the whatever it is, and we're going to go over here. Where's that line for you? Yeah. What do you? How do you feel about it? I think your ultimate responsibility is your child. What's in the best interest? And I always tell people, you got to do what's in the best interest of your kid and your family. But for us, it was able to find a good balance of opportunities for her that developed her as a person, but also as maybe an athlete and then as a scholar. And so I think for, we spent a lot of time. I was very intentional about that. And sometimes it wasn't the popular thing. I wanted her to be around other people. I had no problem with her being the only one, and it wasn't just as a girl of color, it was being the only one from her school or from Lincoln being on a team. And I think sometimes people look at that as, I say we have select, and oftentimes it's neighborhood select. If you live in the right neighborhood, you get selected. <laughs> you know, yep. it's like, well, we're on a select team, and it's like, well, but, you know, when, you know, when, I don't want to say when we were growing up or whatever, but one of the things is I feel like if it's a select team, you haven't spent the night at the person's house once a week for the last five years. Yeah. You can have great friends and you can be really close. And I get that's really, really great, but that's not the background that I came from. When I knew Terrence Badgett, I knew of Terrence Badgett. Yeah. I knew of Eric Strickland. I knew of these people because I saw them or I heard about them. And then when you saw them in a gym, you're like, whoa. And then they're all on the same team together. Like that to me was, you know, select that I heard about you and now we're, you're all in the same place. And so, you know, when you make that decision, we would have her play with a team in Omaha. You know, they needed a sub. You know, as a parent, I talked to hey, you know, how are you doing? I really like the way you coach. I watch how other people coached. And then when her ability would showcase itself. They say, would you ever be interested in her subbing? Well, of course. Yeah. You know, and sometimes it was uncomfortable. We sent her to camps by herself without her friends. I remember she'll tell a story that she went to Mike Trader's camp the first year to Grand Island, and she said she cried most of the time the first day, most of the first day. And she said it was the toughest thing she had to do, but by the end of the day, she had met other people right. and met some other girl that was there by herself. And she said, I didn't know. She goes, I was angry because you guys left me there and sent me here to do this. And at the end of it, it was, it was fantastic. So I think finding those you know, opportunities. She played junior high basketball. She didn't miss a junior high basketball game for a select game. Right. We, those were her friends. Those were her lifelong friends. Those were the people that when she graduated, whether she was an all-state or – she was always going to be all Ferguson. <laughs> yeah. And, and those individuals were the people that we wanted to make sure that we remained, she had connections to. Her identity, I remember you asked me at the state tournament, I remember you wrote that in the article, you asked me, what's it going to be like if she wins or she doesn't win, the, you know, the state championship game? And I said, this game's, this game's not going to define who she is as a person. Mm-hmm. And, and I really implore people, you know, I just really beg parents, like, don't let one thing define, who, you know, who your, kid, who your kid's going to be. If they're the eighth person on the, on the roster, on the bench, 
That doesn't define who they are. They're part of an awesome team. Mm -hmm. They've done something that's pretty special. Because I guarantee you there's 20 other people that would love to be in that position. If they're the starter and they're all state, that doesn't define who they are. Right. I think the biggest compliment that I, I, she has gotten, I don't say we have gotten, but somebody relayed to us, well, there are two of them. I remember one was in, a, in, a, in our newspaper article after she played, and I have to give credit to the West Side coach. He said, you know, she's a good player, really seems like a really good teammate, but from what I've seen, she looks like a really, really good person. Mm-hmm. And to have people compliment her and compliment, I mean, that to me, I want people to say, like, you're a good person. She's not perfect, but at a point in time, records on a board will go. But when they look up there, there should be a story behind the record. And I don't want to say, well, yeah, they scored a bunch of points or they had a bunch of kills or they jumped this far. No, I remember when she was walking through the halls or I remember when Tony was here, he was really awesome. You know, he was a great student. He talked to everybody. He was just really involved in things. We're really, we really miss, we want that kind of presence here. Yeah. That says something. If they just look up at a board and see your name and there's no story behind it, there's, there's an issue in my personal opinion. Right, right. You had the opportunity. I always like to ask this question of people. You, you had the opportunity to be around. Jaden's on a state championship basketball team. She qualified for state a couple more years. She qualified for state track. She qualified for state volleyball. I always like to say championship teams or great teams have great parents who most all the parents know their kids' role and they're supportive of all of those, all of the kids on the team. And sometimes as parents, we get more locked into what our kid is going to do and what our kid's result is. Did you experience that with with Jaden's teams when she was having success? Did you feel like, boy, these parents are fun to hang out with? Yeah, you know, I, and I'll be honest, I was a little bit different. I mean, my always my motto was it's it's her journey. Yeah, it's not our journey. <laughs> so people would be like, you know, well, what do you think, man? That was just a that decision was not, and it wasn't. I wasn't again. It wasn't always perfect. Okay, I didn't always keep my mouth shut, but for the most part, I remember somebody was like, it's not my journey. Like, yeah, I understand the game or I don't know why this happened or whatever else, but it's it's their journey. And so I think, you know, to answer your question, you know, do we have some relationships and, you know, most definitely. But I think the thing we forget is it's not our journey. They're allowing us to be a part of it. Her playing allowed me to be a part of those those really fun, special moments. Mm-hmm. And I was fortunate enough she allowed me to be a part of those. And we can't forget that. And I think sometimes as parents we forget that. Um, and I would, that if I could leave with something, I would, I would really tell people, like, make sure like it's their, it's their journey, not ours. <laughs> right. So maybe you have already answered this, but if you're talking to a guy like me and you're trying to give me a pep talk, And I've got this year a sixth grader or a fifth grader and a seventh grader. Or maybe somebody's out there, they got a third grader who's really passionate about this boy's passionate about baseball or basketball or whatever. What advice would you give to parents who have kids who are 
at that age where they're still impressionable and how would you how what would you say to those parents to help give their kids the best journey that they can having moving forward i think invest in it i don't mean just financially but invest your your time your knowledge i think sometimes we take it for granted that it's going to be there forever and you miss moments so i've always and it's something i I probably preach better than I actually did. <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you, but take in those moments. Like take in, you know, we talk about that car ride home. I tell our parents, and again, I wasn't the best at it. Again, I'm just, I keep saying that because I don't want people like, oh, he's IMI, he's this, that, and all that. We've been blessed. And there were a lot of nights, like there were times when, my wife had to do an intervention and put her butt heads, but same. Yeah. But, but take, take in those moments. And I tell them after the game, you, you tell your parents when you get in the car, two things you did really well. And one thing you want to work on. And I guarantee you, they, they'll, their mouths will shut and they'll talk about something else Yeah, because you already brought it up. So what I would tell you is just establish what your boundaries are. What's your parameters? And I always tell people this is the deal. And when I finally got it, I said, I'm not going to lose a relationship with my daughter over her senior year in high school. I'm not going to lose my relationship with my daughter. And so, again, if you want to backtrack it, I'm not going to lose my relationship with my daughter over fourth grade basketball. Yeah. It's easier to say than do. Yeah. But that's at the end of the day (laughs) – you have to know that you're always you can always be replaced. And so again, I would if you ask me that question, I'd say recognize it's their journey. Don't forget, don't miss out on moments. Is one of the things you know is when we do tournaments and things like that. Like I would always take pictures. They laugh at me because I take pictures all the time. Yeah. And parents like wait till the end and you see all these posts. You're always taking my picture with my kids. You know what can I say? (laughs) You know, you know my kids. You know we won this tournament and they showed so much improvement. They were four and one, or we beat teams fifty-two to you know fifty-two to three or whatever else. And I like that makes it actually makes me really really ill. And it shows up in my PowerPoint presentations when I talk about being a good parent and being a good human. Yeah. But. What I tell my parents is, and I tell our kids, I want a picture with all of you just randomly doing something during the course of the weekend. Because if you're waiting to take a picture when your kid gets a medal, there's a lot of teams out there that that may never happen. Yeah. And so all of a sudden you're 10th grade or you're 9th grade and they're no longer playing and you're doing your senior thing and you're like, do you remember when you played with someone? Yeah, we don't have any pictures. Why? Because we never won and you never took a picture. Hmm. Hmm. That, so your value is based on whether you want or not. Again, I'm all about being competitive. Do not get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying that. But that's what we do. And then we're going to bounce to another team. Well, we're winning, or I really like the jersey, or this, that, and the other. Well, that's great, but is it still about something bigger than the final score? Mm-hmm. Is it truly – are you truly getting somebody that's making you aware of things in life? Are you truly getting somebody that's advocating for your kid, that's – assessing them in a positive light and providing them access to things that will benefit them not only on the court or, you know, on the field, but, but in life. Yeah. You know, are they able to go talk to somebody off the other team and say, Hey, you did a really, really nice job. It was just, 
you know, are they watching another game and say, I really like what that coach did and how he encouraged that young lady or whatever else? Are they saying hi to people when they're walking through each other in the arcade in Elkhorn? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the funnest part, Pete, is the arcade in Elkhorn. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't say that's where, that's where the pictures come <laughs> right there, man. But, but I think that's huge. Yeah. You know, and I get it, love parents. But as a, as a parent, if you're sitting in the stands, are you able to just ask the other team? I think some of the best relationships happen by the two people that keep score. Yes, I totally agree. Because they agree. sit there and they know everything about the team and each other and just the highs and lows and who the daughter is. And honestly, people should be running to keep score in youth sports. So they don't have to sit on the other side and be caught up in all the yelling and screaming Yes, that goes on when people act like a fool. I love that. Like, that's that's the hottest ticket going. Yep. And, and most and most of the people that come and do it can't handle <laughs> right sitting over there in the stands. Yeah. That's a great point. People should be running to the scorers table mm-hmm. so that they can just watch the game and talk to the other person and learn about learn about somebody. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So if we were going to keep people to come back for a next episode, we hit the 40 minute mark. You think that's plenty? But we've talked. Yeah. But we've talked about kind of where we want this to go. And hopefully when we post this, we'll be able to get some feedback on, on where we want it to go. But if we were to, you know, if we were to plan out, say the next three or four things, what else do we want to have people engage in or what else do we want to speak to as we talk about youth sports, high school sports, uh, being a good coach, if we have coaches listening, what are some of the, what are some other things you've experienced that you love to share with other people? You know, I think you know a lot of people ask is you know do we have to pay to play? Yeah, you know I think that becomes something where that's that question is you know, do I need to be a part of this or do I need to go this route for my kid to get better or to get, in quote, exposure? Hmm. And, and so what do you really want out of that? Yeah. Now, something that's really, you know, passionate to me is just the diversification of sports and, you know, seeing scholars and honestly scholars of color. Yeah. You know, uh, what what does that look like? I mean, I guess, you know, the, that the relationships and – just as a as a community as a as a state i know we've had some things that have we've seen some really really cool things but we've seen some things that are not, not as cool yeah it's not yeah. it's it's a you know to be honest it's 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 not a good look for the it's not a good look for the state i think um i can't remember was it i don't want to say the wrong school but um maybe out west skyler i know the principal yeah had, skyler yeah, we had, you, and wrote some things but we've had some incident you know, there's been incidences in, you know, in Omaha and Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And I think that really, really is challenging because as you look at young people, you know, are we embracing, you know, everybody um, for for opportunities and making it a place where everybody can feel welcome? Yeah. And that representation, I think having that voice, um, not only just on the teams, but in the leadership components, whether it's NSAA leadership councils or in the school leadership councils and making sure those areas are addressed, um, those cultural areas are addressed for our scholars, our our coaching staffs, you Mm -hmm. know, are they diverse? Are they representing the individuals that 
um, do they reflect the schools? Yeah. Reflect not only the schools, but the teams. Yes. And is it providing that, um, is there that lens being provided to increase participation and not limit it? Yeah. So. Inclusion versus exclusion. I yeah. always think that sometimes we we are in a we're in a spot, especially at the youth sport level, where you talk about pay for play. And it's not even so much pay for play, but it's more, oh well, we're going to go neighborhood select, or we're yeah. going to go and in, in not all the other kids are going to get a, a chance to play, or they yeah. have a chance at a at a different level where they don't get the development or the coaching that other kids might get, and then we've picked our team when the right. kid is nine right. as opposed to letting all the kids play together and develop together and see what happens when, uh, when they're older. You know what I mean? So what else did you have on there? No, Cause you're no, looking. Yeah. No. And I just think that, that equity, you know, that equity we talked about that, that a lot, that, yeah. that buy-in and, um, you know, I think those are, those are some things that, are, you know, for me that I won't say I'm passionate about, but I've just, through our journey, I've seen, I've seen happen. And so I'd like to love to continue to hear about your daughter's journeys and those trials and tribulations that you have. I know as my daughter enters, you know, another realm, um, having her share, you know, just frankly, just, you know, was she prepared for that next step? Yeah. You know, Nebraska High School, she had some phenomenal coach Schuster, coach Schroffer, coach Novotny, coach Rump. I mean, I can go on coach Sherm. Like we were very, very, blessed to have a lot of individuals but coach Ron you know but then even on the club side of people just having embracing the multi the multi-involved I don't even say multi-sport but that multi-involved individual yeah and some people say well that was really great it was really awesome but some say well that really hurt her in the long run you know she wasn't as attractive to other coaches or other people like how you know what do you feel about that and this is the bottom line to I would never trade getting connected with a coach Ryan or a Brittany Wilson or Alyssa LeGrand or Mike Brandon from Geneva. Like I, if, if, if she was hurt by being multi-involved and getting to engage with Gina Chambers and getting involved with all those people, then hurt me till the cows come home. Yeah. Cause made her a better person. She's, she's a better person. And at the end of the day, I keep saying it's bigger than that. Mm-hmm. It's bigger than the final score. Yeah. And she's get, she's going to get a college education, you know, and it wasn't for us. My focus is what you guys do is, is, is that is high school. Yeah. Is high school. At the end of the day, that building's going to be there 50 years from now. We hope. Well, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because let's be honest, high school participation, it feels like, uh, is going down, and so we hope that we can do some things to make it uh, make it increase or make it feel like it's a better thing to 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 be involved in. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I think we talked a little bit earlier, and that's another thing is just the culture. Yeah. And I think having you know definitely getting a coach in or something because you know I've seen both ends of it. I've seen cultures that are not very good and not right. ones that I want my daughter or other people in, but I've seen cultures that are absolutely phenomenal. And again, I can just speak to like a Lincoln Southwest, but you talked about it with, I can't remember it was Hampton or whatever, you know, 150 girls out for cross or 150 people out for cross country, 250 people out for track. There's a culture and element that draws individuals into that. It's not just because it's a school of 2000 people. Yep. There's schools with 2000 that don't 
even come, like we got 50 people out right and we're barely making it so i think it's understanding what's that what's that culture yeah and how do we trans transfer that from elementary middle school to that same buy-in in high school yeah and not having organizations like i had 300 people at tryouts or whatever else well is that a culture or is that somebody feeling like they need to be a part of something in elementary and middle school is it really successful because you built a culture or is it they feel like if i do this, this is the only way i'm going to get to succeed at yeah. this next level yeah um and so i th- making it authentic an authentic culture right would be it's going to be relevant it's going to be huge for high school athletics and yep. providing that equity yeah good stuff so. okay let's stop yapping <laughs> and we'll prepare another show but uh We'll be on the Twitterverse and the Facebook, and you can, uh, you'll be able, you'll be able to find us. Uh, we look forward to more stories uh, as we move on this journey.